Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City Podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. Genesis 24, 58, the Bible declares, so they called Rebecca and asked her, will you go with this man? I will go, she said. So they sent their sister Rebecca on her way, along with her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. 62 says, now Isaac had come from Beer La Haroi, for he was living in the Negev. 63 is where we hung our hat last week, and I just want to highlight just a couple of thoughts. He went out to the field one evening to what, y'all? To meditate, and as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel, 65 declares, and asked the servant, who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for this opportunity, God, to minister the word of God to the people of God, hiding myself now behind the cross that men may not see, give honor, glory to Greg, but all honor, all glory goes to you, Father. Help me to clarify my faults. God, to speak only words that will bring about you glory and edification to your people on today. I thank you in advance, and it is in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody says. For the past couple of weeks, um, and of course, this has been one of the longest series that I've done in a while. Normally, I do three to four weeks, and then we'll change channels. We are in week number six, and we have one more week to go dealing with the secret sauce of strong marriages. And this has been the thought um, throughout the scripture. Well, actually, in Genesis 24, we've been, we've been highlighting certain ingredients within marriage, and then we've been comparing and contrasting these same ingredients throughout the rest of the text. And my thought was, all of the marriages that I know are strong. All of them that I know have these ingredients within them. So I believe that it's, it's, it's right to really emphasize and to teach those. Now, I'm, I've got to be honest because we've, we've dealt with, again, five, and this is number six. Uh, the first five, either, either I've done pretty good at them or I've fallen and I've had a comeback and I'm, I'm, I'm much better than I was. But what I'm dealing with today is something that I sometimes still struggle with. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Don't be looking at me. Being equally yoked. Okay, I got that. Serving one another. I, I, I got that. That's, that's good. Week number seven. I got that. I'm already there. I got that already. Praise the Lord. But, 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 but this one, managing impulsiveness is one of the areas that I I'm better, praise the Lord, but not where I, I need to be. And, and so, so it's kind of like this. So my wife, um, sweetie, would you agree that, um, that there are other areas in my life that, that, that I need to change? Would, would you say amen to that? Okay, all right. So those areas, have you been praying about them? <laughs> so you've been praying. <laughs> so you've been praying on me. <laughs> Jesus. Watch out. Amen. So she says that there are areas I need to change, and there are things that she's been praying about. Okay. Well, I can say, echo, I can echo that. Matter of fact, here's one of the areas. This girl's been trying to change her address since we've been married. The devil is a lie. I like her address. Don't matter if nobody else like it. I like it. 
she had the nerve two weeks ago to buy me some skinny jeans. <laughs> you understand? That's, and nothing is against skinny jeans if you wear skinny jeans, but that's for young brothers. You know what I'm saying? Relax fit only. <laughs> you understand? Skinny, skinny jeans. And so I tried to please my wife and I put them on. <laughs> but there's certain things I'm just not, I ain't changing that. Okay. So me on the other end, watch this. Um, there are things about you I don't like either. And there's some stuff that I've been praying about you too. But my problem is, I don't just pray. I like to help God out. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying that. And oftentimes, this is where we get in trouble in marriages. We see a problem, and we're praying about the problem. But then, you know, God. sometimes God move a little slow. Can I get an amen? Oh, you say, oh, okay, okay. Sometimes he moves just a little bit slow for your boy, and I just want to help him out just a little bit. I would give y'all some examples, but it would get me in trouble. <laughs> no, I can't break that one all the way down. I got to keep that on the surface. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. This impulsiveness in, in my relationship, in my marriage, it just didn't start um, once we got married. The reality is oftentimes we experience the same impulsiveness as a single individual, and it just morphs into our marriage. Um, and and I, I, I struggle for a moment to, to say impulsiveness versus impatience. Impatience is just, you know, I can't wait. I'm getting tired of waiting. But when you become impulsive, you're ready to make a move. And sometimes you can make a move before... <laughs> Because you can't see what God is doing. Sometimes you get in your flesh and you want to help God. Let, let me just kind of get to the text for a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit um, concerning married individuals, but I really want to focus in on my singles just for, just for a moment. And I think this is going to be a blessing. Singles, can I hear you say, yeah? yeah. I didn't say advertise. <laughs> hey, yeah, over here, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say advertise now. Watch this, watch this, Genesis chapter number 2, verses number 18. The Bible declares, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Somebody shout, that's not good. Now, this is God saying this, it's not good that man should be alone. God says, God, he's counseling within, within himself. He says, I will make a helper suitable for him. 19, now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its its name. 20 says, so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the, uh, the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. So watch this. In this text, a couple of things I want to highlight. First of all, God had already planned to meet Adam's relational needs. So, so this is something that um, Adam didn't even have to approach God about because God already had it in his plans that I see that there's coming a point in your life when you're going to need assistance in carrying out, carrying out your destiny. So it's God's responsibility to, somebody shall plan and prepare. Jesus. It's so good. Years ago, and I'm getting ahead of myself, um, years ago, my, my um, 
a youth pastor. I was in college. Uh, I think it was my second year. And um, he told me to start praying for my wife. I was a single guy, wasn't dating anybody, but he comes to me, he says, the Lord says to, to start praying for your wife. Now, I had not met my wife. Actually, I had met her, but, it, you know, the first time we met, it was interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. We were standing in front of Washington Canard, and um, I was there with one of my buddies, uh, Greg Doss, and um, he said, hey, Greg, come out. I, want you, to I want, to, want you to meet my friend. And I said, you know, so she came, she came over there throwing it. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, I was a smooth, smooth brother, you know, saying, hello, like, what's up? <laughs> nah. So she said, she said, uh, she said, so what y'all, you know, we introduced, I'm, I'm Greg, you know, I'm Irene, so forth and so on. So she said, so what y'all doing here? And I said, so we're um, just welcoming freshmen in to, you know, uh, to, to the college campus. And she looked at me and she said, mmm, fresh men. <laughs> BC, before Christ. That's why my youth pastor had me praying for you, <laughs> you understand? So, so this is what was interesting. At that particular time, my wife wasn't saved. Around the same time that I started praying for her, I didn't find out until a year and a half later, around the same time I started praying for her, that's the time she got saved. I didn't realize God was working and preparing her while I was doing what I was supposed to have been doing. So, so watch this. God has planned and he is preparing to meet Adam's relational need. This is Adam's responsibility. Adam's responsibility is, number one, to work God's plan, and number two, to rest in his timing. Now, I'm, I want to talk about these two conflicting, conflating ideas, working and resting at the same time, because it seems somewhat like a contradiction. How do you work and rest? I'm getting ready to show you in just a moment. Somebody shout, you got to work. You got to work. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 7, verse number 32, the Bible declares, an unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How her, uh, excuse me, her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. Paul writes and he says, I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Here's the problem oftentimes as, as individuals, we can't focus on our single assignment because our mind is so focused on being married. And sometimes you get frustrated with your marital assignment and you want to be single again. It's interesting, I had a counseling session years ago, back to back. Young lady walks in my office with tears in her eyes saying, Pastor, I just want, I just want to be married. Just want somebody. An hour later, another young lady walked in my office with tears in her eyes and said, Pastor, I'm tired of this marriage. <laughs> I just want to be single again. The single woman want what she got. Married woman envying what. 
and both of them are forsaking the work where they are currently right now. I, I want to help just for a second. L look at Genesis chapter number 2, verses number 18. I want to highlight this again. God speaks up, and he says it's not good for man to be alone. He says, I will make a helper. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, and this is what God does. God had formed out of the ground, watch this, all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. God says, it's not good for you to be alone. This is a conversation that he's having within himself. And after he has this conversation, then he puts man to work. He says, I'm going to make him a helper that's suitable for him. But right now, he don't need no help. Get to work. The question is, what work should you complete before you say, I do? <laughs> Y'all making this much harder for me than it. I just want to talk to the singles just for a second because, again, th this was something that I, I really didn't do as well as I should have because, watch this, as a single man, when I heard God and I heard God say that this was my rib, that's exactly what he said to me. This is, Irene is your rib. Those were the words he, that he said to me. I heard him say that, but as soon as he told me that this was my rib, I stopped consulting him. I went back, watch this, to my old years of courting, dating. Come on, that didn't work anyway. Are y'all with me? So I tried to make a God thing work in my flesh. But there were some things that, that I should have completed. Now, I did some things good. I did some things good. Ministry, I started it. I was supposed to do that. I was supposed to start ministry, start preaching, start teaching, starting, starting the training process before I met my wife. But it was some other things that I was supposed to do that I didn't do. I should have finished school. Not before I met her, but before I married her. I should have I did that, but, but I, I was in love. And when you're in love, sometimes you can't wait. Because, God, what if she get away? The question is, what do you mean, what if she get away? Is this your will or my will? Is this my plan or your plan? If it's my plan, she ain't going nowhere. If it's your plan, she just might. So when it comes to work, there's an external work and then there's an internal work. External work, again, for me, um, ministry good, school, I, I should have finished that. There were some other things externally that, that I did that was good, but there's also an internal work. I, I want to, where's my bag, son? Grab my bag, please. Moving slow today. <laughs> now you're going to knock me out. You're going to knock me out. I want to read a uh, thought from a book. Um, by Joshua Harris uh, that blessed me years ago. And um, this is, this is a, um, a dream that one of his students had that she brought to him, and he included it in his book. Um, and I want to read this real quickly. It says, it was finally here, and again, this is a dream that she's having, that she's sharing with him. It was finally here, Anna's wedding day, the day she had dreamed about and planned for months. The small Church wedding was crowded with fr uh, friends and family. Sunlight poured through the stained glass windows, and the gentle music of a string quartet filled the air. Anna walked down the aisle towards David. Joy surged within her. This was the moment for which she had waited so long. He gently took her hand. They turned toward the altar. But as the minister began to lead Anna and David through their vows, vows the, the unthinkable happened. A girl stood up in the middle of the congregation, walked quietly to the altar, and took David's other hand. 
I did say it was a dream. Some of y'all, some of y'all going there. <laughs> another girl approached and stood next to the first, followed by another. Soon a chain of six girls stood by him as he rep repeated his, uh, his vows to Anna. Anna felt her lip begin to quiver as tears welled up in her eyes. Is this some kind of joke, she whispered to David. I'm, I'm sorry, as he stared at the floor. Who are these girls, David? What is going on, she gasped. They're girls from my past, he answered sadly. Anna, they don't mean anything to me now, but I've given them part of my heart. I thought your heart was mine, she said. It is everything that's left of it. That's the work I didn't do before I got married. Physically, it was some things that I got in order. A, a lot of things, not everything. But emotionally, I didn't even begin to scratch the surface of the work that I needed God to allow, allow God to do in my heart before I said I do. Because see, understand, un understand, there were some crazy thoughts that I had about managing conflict that I didn't even know drove last girlfriends away. And so I took that same conflict resolution style that crippled last relationships into this relationship, and I expected her, you ought to just deal with it because I said I do now. Not understanding, you can be married, but that don't mean you happily married just because you married. And just because they not cheating don't mean they committed either. Turn around, girl. Come, come on. Come watch, watch it now. <laughs> so it was things that I was doing that was driving her away, and they stemmed from brokenness in previous relationships that I never allowed God to deal with on the inside of me. I just thought, watch this, number one, because this was a new girl. Number two, because this is really God's will. Everything was just going to automatically work out when God says, no, it's some stuff that I still need to do in your heart. So the question is, what work? What work? I, I want everybody to have a happy story. A absolutely. And we got a happy story now. <laughs> we said that at the same time. Now. We went through unnecessary hell because there was some work that both of us needed to do before Jesus. So watch this. God has planned to meet Adam's relational needs. Adam's two responsibilities is to work God's plan. He, he has work that he needs to do. God says that it's not good for you to be alone. I'm going to make you a helper. But after saying I'm going to make somebody to assist you in your destiny, he puts Adam to work in naming the animals. Watch this. So Adam's responsibility is to work and then somebody shall rest. When I talk about rest, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm highlighting the idea of contentment. Contentment, not complacency. But as a believer, we should learn to be content, the Apostle Paul says, in whatever state that we're in. Contentment is learning how to be satisfied and hungry at the same time. Contentment is... I got on the scale this morning, it said 200. Not where I want to be, 
But thank God it ain't 210. When you're discontent, you get on the scale. They should have said 195 as hard as I've been working. And you go eat cheesecake later. Come on, somebody. Because the scale is not where you think it ought to be for the moment. It's interesting that God created the first day, and after he created the first day, he just simply said, let there be light. And after finishing the first day, what did he say? It is what, y'all? It is good. You know what light did? All light did was shine or bring attention to a muddy mess. But he says, what I've done so far, it is day number two, still not finished, but when I finish with day number two, it is you got to understand, and I, I say this by permission, some of you guys are getting ready to kill yourself before your time because you're trying to do everything now when God has saying, I want it to be spread over time, and I want you to have progressive celebrations until you finally meet the goal. Let, let, let me just share another thought. Uh, Joshua, he says this. Um, share another thought. This is so good. He says... Many people realize too late that we don't arrive at contentment as a destination as much as we develop contentment as a state of mind. He says, believe it or not, if we are discontent with singleness, we'll more than likely face discontentment when we're married. When we define our happiness by some point in the future, it will never arrive. We'll keep waiting until tomorrow. So one of the reasons um, th that my marriage early, that it, it began to disintegrate, is because there was a level of, how can I say this, emptiness that was in my heart. And the reason every relationship prior to my wife fell through the cracks is because there was a place in my heart that I was trying to get a woman to feel that only God could feel. And it would be extremely frustrating trying to drain something out of somebody that couldn't give it to me. But I never looked to God. I just looked at the girl as a disappointment. And the relationship went to nothing. Getting married with that same mindset, looking for somebody to make me happy, to complete me. To marriage is the only mathematical equation that doesn't make sense. Because marriage is one plus one equals one. It's not 50 and 50 equal one. No, no, uh-uh, no. It's one plus one equals one. So you don't go into marriage with the idea, I'm looking for somebody to complete me. Baby, if you ain't complete already. If you're not whole already, you're going to connect with somebody and become a leech to them and drain them dry and going to wonder why they dead when you're still empty. Because they're not designed to fill that void in your heart. Am I having anybody in this place? He says, believe it or not, if we are discontent with singleness, we'll much more likely face discontentment when we're married. When we define our happiness by some point in the future, it will never arrive. Somebody shout, I'm, I, choose I choose to be happy now. Still in school, but I choose to be happy right now. Don't have the job that I want, but still choose to be happy right now. Not married yet, but choose to be happy now. Not happily married yet, but choose to be happy. <laughs> Watch this. Genesis 2.18. Uh, he says again, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, we're talking about resting. We're talking about contentment. 
So verse number 21, so the Lord God calls the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Man. Is Dr. Bennett here? Dr. Bennett not here? Okay, she out of town. Good, because I want to talk about her. No, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> This might be bad publicity. I went to Dr. Bennett's office, and um, I got a, a tooth that she's doing something to it. Don't show it. All my business. I got a tooth that she's doing something to it. So she, she shot me, and she numbed it. And then, now in the past, we, we've had no problems. So she get the drilling. And then she drilling, and I feel something like, hold on, hold on, hold on, doc, doc, hold on. Hold on, watch, watch it now. She said, what's wrong? You can feel that? I said, yeah, I can feel that. So she shot me again. Waited about five minutes later. She came and she started drilling, everything good. And then she hit something again. I said, hold up, doc. <laughs> I, I, I jerked, doc. I'm, I'm about to tear everything up. She said, you feel that too? She shot me again. This time she was like, eh, and I couldn't feel nothing. I just laid down. <laughs> when God is doing surgery and you trying to move, when God is trying to fix on you and the person you love and you keep moving, eventually you're going to mess him up. And God is doing surgery. And, and watch this. This is, again, this is for both single and married. Because while I was praying for my wife, didn't know who she was, God was doing surgery for, on her. Now, this was the one thing that I did right. Because I finally came to a place of consecration where I said, God, if it's not. See, see, let, let, me, let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Genesis 2.18. Somebody shout, God said. God said. This is where I got, a, got to an point in my relationship with God. I'm not going to talk to you about nothing you ain't talking to me about already. So for me, I stopped talking to him about relationships, about dating, about marriage, anything, because it's been evident the past five girls <laughs> that I dumped and got dumped by. Come on, somebody. For the past five, evidently you're not dealing with me concerning marriage, so I'm going to put that on hold altogether. It's real quiet in here. Something like, that's for you, pastor. That's you and your relationship with the Lord. <laughs> I stopped talking to God about relationship, and I, I didn't realize when my youth pastor, I thought it was strange because I had put that, I, I just put that to sleep right now. I just put that to sleep. So my youth pastor comes to me, and he says, pastor, start praying for your wife. He didn't tell me to start dating. He didn't tell me to start looking for a wife. He says, start praying for her. Now watch this. I start praying for Lady McGee didn't know that was her. Now, watch how I could have messed this up. I'm praying for her, but then I start searching for her at the same time. I, see, see, y'all not gonna be real. I, I just wanna talk. I just wanna talk. Okay, okay. Here, here. Anybody in here ever dated somebody crazy? Okay, okay. Hands down. 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 
Okay, okay, okay. For those folks that raised their hand, thank you for your honesty. Now I got another question for you. Anybody in here ever dated two people that was crazy? Jesus. Now, 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 watch, watch this, watch this. <laughs> Especially for the folk that dated two people that was crazy. They didn't just show up at your door. There's something about your practices that are... <laughs> it's something the way about the, the, the way you do business that help you hook up with. So I ain't tripping that they was crazy. I'm tripping that you got certain practices that you won't change. And one of your practices is you approach relationships by how you feel, not by what God is saying. And I just want to challenge you with the discipline. I just want to challenge you. If God ain't talking to you about it, stop talking to him about it right now. Now, I already, I already know more than 50% of y'all are going to leave here and say, that's you, and you're you going to keep doing you, and I ain't mad at you. I'm going to keep praying for you, and I'm going to be here for you. <laughs> but for the few who will listen to your boy, Eve don't show up, and Adam is not talking to God about Eve. God mentions first that I want to give you help. And when God starts talking about it, God is the one that's going to start doing something. I'm telling you, this is how I messed up because God, found, I mean, I went like two years and I was like, I ain't date nobody. I ain't, forget it, anything. There was the book that I read. I ain't gave them the title because they're going to run. Should I give them the title? It's called, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. See, look at y'all, uh-huh. By Joshua Harris. This book it saved my life, it saved my ministry, and it saved my marriage because it brought me, brought me to a place mentally where I consecrated myself to God and I allowed him to choose my wife, to prepare my wife, and start preparing me before I met my wife. Now, many of you guys know the story, and it was, it was a fairy tale the way I met my wife. I was coming out of the chapel praying, praying. And this girl riding down the street with a flat tire, whoop, 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 whoop. I stopped to change her tire. That's all I did. Then she offered me dinner. And I was like, you know, I, you know I'm good. And then she started stalking me. Every time she see me, she like, I'm going to fix you something to eat. <laughs> I'd be at the post office and she'll jump out. I'm going to cook for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so I finally... Uh, a, a brother, and, and watch this, I was in the middle of my trial preparing for my first sermon to preach. And, and a buddy of mine, I thought it was the devil. <laughs> Seriously. So I told my brother, I told one of my brothers, I said, I think this is the devil, man, trying to distract me. He said, man, it's just dinner. Go eat and then go home. So that's what I did. I went, I ate, I went home. But it was something about that strawberry delight. <laughs> that girl put something in that food. What you put in that food? <laughs> Put a foot in it. I bet you did. Yeah, so, so looks like a fairy tale, but but the reality is, it's just the result of of choosing to stop. Watch this, jacking my life up 
trying to live my life by my own terms and just truly waiting on God to send me the woman of God that he has for me. All my single people, if you want to be married, just say, God got somebody for me. That, that was very low. <laughs> that was very low. I'm just going to try it one more time. All the single people that desire to be married, can you just say, God has someone for me? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Is she patient? Wait, mother. God calls the man to fall into a deep sleep. Deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's rib and then closed up the place with his flesh. Then the Lord God made woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to, to the man. Now, now watch this. This flows within the context of what we're ministering. I told you guys last week I was going to minister Genesis 24 out of context. Today I want to put it in context. Genesis 24:62 says, Now Isaac had come from Beer Laharoi, for he was living in the Negev. Watch this. He went out to the field one evening to do what, y'all? What was he doing? He was meditating. We talked about that last week. Med meditating. Biblically, it means, means to biblically rehearse something that God has spoken to you. Watch this. He's meditating. He hears something that causes him to look up. And he saw camels approaching. Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant, 66, I need y'all to see this. Then the servant told Isaac all that, all he had done. Then, then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Now watch this. Isaac is in the field meditating. He's mentally rehearsing something that God has ministered to him. He's spending time in the presence of God. He is resting in the care of God. Isaac knows, just like his father Abraham knows, that although Isaac has been born, he is the promised son, if he doesn't find the right wife, the promise could be canceled because Isaac has to have Jacob. Jacob has to have 12 patriarchs. 12 patriarchs have to be birthed into a nation. The nation eventually will birth out Jesus, and salvation comes to the whole world because of so the servant comes to Isaac and tells him this story. You know the story. Abraham goes to his servant, and he says, Swear to me that you won't get one of uh, the daughters of the Canaanites for my son Isaac. Put your hand under my, it's called swearing by posterity. Swear to me that you won't get a daughter of the Canaanites for one of my sons. So what, what, what do you want me to do? I want you to go to my hometown and get one of the daughters there and bring them to my, wife, to my son, Isaac, to marry. Servant says, well, what if the woman won't come? Do you want me to bring your son to there? No, do not bring my son there. He says, if, it will, if she doesn't come, you'll be released from my vow. So the servant goes on to tell Isaac, then I went to the, your hometown, and I prayed this prayer, and I said, Lord, help me on this journey. Find a wife for my master's son. And this is the sign that I want you to give me. And I could imagine him telling Isaac, I, I pray for an impossible sign. Here is the sign. I want you, the woman that's fitted for my master's son, when she comes out to water her camels, let her offer me a drink, and then let her offer drink to all of my camels. We talked about this about servitude. 
That's 84 trips back and forth to the well to feed to water camels. And she, she offered me something to drink, and then she offered to water all of my camels as well. I spoke with her father, with her brother, with her mo mother, negotiated, and I brought her here to you. Now catch the wisdom. Isaac is meditating while God is working. This whole story, beginning verse number one all the way to verse number 50-something, is happening while Isaac is in, in a place of rest. Isaac could have messed up the whole story had he come out of the place of God and started acting on himself, trying to find his own. And I just want to caution the singles. I'm not anti-dating. No, not at all. And this book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, is not an anti-dating book. It's more of a God-consecrated book where it encourages you to trust God more than you trust your own flesh when it comes to pursuing the person that God has in store for you. Somebody shout, rest in God. Rest in God. I'm done. This is the last scripture I want to share with you. God's responsibility to plan and prepare Eve. That's his responsibility. Adam's responsibility is to work the plan that God has already given him and then rest, which simply means to trust and to be content where he is until God. Philippians 4.11 says, I am not ashamed because I am not ashamed. Excuse me, I am quoting the scripture while I'm trying to read it at the same time. I am not saying this because I am need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. Somebody shout the secret. The secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want. I'm done. I'm getting ready to show you what his secret is. His secret, we actually quote it all the time, but we usually quote it out of context. I know for myself, many times I've said this scripture, but didn't say it within the right context of this scripture. Paul says, I learned the secret of being content. I know how to have a lot of money but be and be broke. I know what it's like to have a lot of plenty of food, but I know what it's like to have no food at all but still be good. A lot of friends, no friends. Single, married. I, I, I understand what these plethora of estates is like. But there's a secret that I learned no matter if I'm struggling in class or graduating. I'm, 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 I've, I've been wrestling and it's, it's something. Um, this summer, uh, we're at the end of the summer and it did not go according to my plan at all. I'm talking about when I say nothing that I planned this summer happened at all. And so um, I was thinking about that this morning uh, because I was, I was a little, the past couple of days I've been a little agitated in my spirit because there were some things that I wanted to do ministry-wise, and there were some personal things that I wanted to do. Um, my, my wife, she brags all the time about how I study, and, and I do, I study a lot, 
but there were some goals, some study goals. There were several books that I wanted to have completed uh, by the end of the summer. And <laughs> it's kind of too late to start now if, if I plan to complete them. That's not going to happen. And um, the one book I did complete was about a pastor, these two pastors, um, who I extremely admired do admire them and um, both of them had mental breakdowns mental breakdowns and um, I didn't put it to together until to be honest with you this morning because I'm getting ready this morning and, and I'm studying on contentment and I'm saying within myself God I sometimes wrestle with discontentment but I don't know why so when I read Philippians 4.11 Paul says I know what it is to be in need and know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. Here's the secret. He says, I can do <laughs> KJV, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. This is why, this is why my life has been jacked up. The exact reason, because I use this particular scripture out of context. Every time I got ready to do something, I can do all things, but that's not the context. The context is I can endure any situation that I'm in right now until God decides to move me to the next. So, so here, here's, here's been my dilemma. Because I was thinking about this. Mother, I, I had planned to really, really do some, some in-depth study this summer. Didn't get it done. And um, <laughs> when I look back this summer, I spent so much time with my family this summer. I'm talking about, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I spent a whole lot of time with my family this summer. I mean, I did stuff I didn't plan to do with my, with my family this summer. And so I'm getting ready this morning and I say to myself, I'm probably as close to my family in general, my, my wife and my kids now than I've been in a very long time. And this is actually something that I've been praying for. So why am I feeling bad? So I start thinking, I'm feeling bad. H hear my logic, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm feeling bad because I didn't accomplish my spiritual goals the way I had set out to accomplish them. I didn't read all the things that I wanted to read. I didn't do all the things that I wanted to do. And, and I got, what Jazz? Jazz, she in here? Jazz, she keep getting up. Pastor, when are we going to start that class? <laughs> and every time she asks me that, it cuts me. I don't know. <laughs> I should just be feeling good because I'm closer to my family, but I'm wrestling because I didn't accomplish all the things that I wanted to accomplish. And it hit me for the first time in a long time. This thought hit me that I actually thought I was delivered from, but I wasn't. Understand, I grew up in a legalistic background where you earn God's love based off what you have done. And in my mind, maybe God doesn't care. Maybe he's not going to anoint me. Maybe he won't favor me as much because I hadn't done all of these things. 
Sister Kathy, this morning I heard God say to me, you okay? <laughs> Didn't do everything I wanted to do, but you know what? I really do believe I did what I was supposed to do this summer. I was supposed to draw closer to my family. So this, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It's not just a verse I'm throwing out. It's me actually finding comfort in Christ and allowing him to minister to me so that I can be content with where I am. God, I want to help somebody in this place. Because this is, this is, I'm trying to close. I'm trying to close. But what I'm sharing right now, this is real fresh. This is fresh. My sister, God spoke to me and he showed me another growth spurt that we're going to go through as a ministry. And because I saw that, that's why I was planning and doing some things in preparation for the summer. None of that came to fruition. So I was kind of feeling bad. Maybe I won't be prepared. But the reality is, stand up, my sweetie. <laughs> it wasn't about me being prepared. <laughs> because we closer, we prepared. Because we stronger, we can handle all Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org, and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.